This is Tire Information Whiskey, 2153 Zulu, wind 0605. Zero, zero, 06 Mike Juliet, this is Archer Radar Contact. Azure's weather information from Minnesota, available on flight service frequency. You've dialed in the Flying Midwest Podcast, connecting aviators from across America's heartland. Sharing news, information, and events from around the region. Sit back, relax, and join our crew for some hangar talk as we discuss a wide variety of regional aviation topics. And now, from our home at the Anoka County Blaine Airport, our checklist is complete and we're ready for departure for another episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. What is going on, everyone? Jim here with the Flying Midwest Podcast. So happy you're able to join us. On this special bonus episode of the podcast, we'll discuss the latest news from the FAA as it regards to mental health and aeromedical examinations. We'll also talk about some medications that are now eligible for review under special issuance. We give our take and talk about what it all means. So strap in and let's take off into this bonus episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Fly Midwest Podcast. I am Jim. I'll be joined in a few minutes by my co-hosts, Maddie and Trevor. Uh, we're going to bring you a special episode of the Fly Midwest Podcast, a bonus episode, if you will. We've got no guests this time around, but we're going to sit and talk a bit about the recent news from the FAA in reference to some of the barriers to aeromedical examinations as it pertains to mental health. So I'm going to go through an article from AOPA that was published on June 1st and updated again on the 7th. Um, the reason that this is coming a little bit of out of order and we're not discussing it in the framework of a regular episode is because that's when it popped up for us. Uh, we had already recorded our we had already recorded our last episode. It was through our um, editing and production process. So we wanted to make this just a standalone episode, just to have a bit of a conversation about this because um, no matter where you lie on this subject as far as your opinion, this is a fairly big subject right now um, within aviation. Um, mental health becoming more and more of a conversation point um, just as a society. Um, there's more and more people who have had to be medicated at various points in their life or are currently medicated or dealing with the stigmas of mental health that this is really going to pertain to. So from the AOPA article, here is the scoop. The FAA had announced that they were working on some areas to reduce aeromedical barriers as it pertains to mental health. So they've been reviewing about a decade's worth of data they report um, and in doing so, they are removing the requirement for a follow-up neuropsychological evaluation. They estimate that this change is going to save pilots approximately $3,000 a year in various evaluation costs. Now, in a related article from last month on the 18th through AOPA, the federal air surgeon, Dr. Susan Northrup, had had some conversation um, at some roundtables and some summits about addressing her concerns about pilot mental health and making revisions to help get pilots back into the air. And one of the startling numbers that I think we've talked about on this podcast before is that according to a study published in the Journal of Occupational and Environmental Medicine, 56.1% of pilots report a history of healthcare avoidance behavior because they had a fear of losing their medical. Another 27% indicated that they misrepresented or withheld information on their aeromedical screening for the exact same reason. 
So as this pertains to mental health, since about 2010, there's been four medications called SSRIs, or Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitors, that have been approved for special issuance through the FAA. And in the article on the 18th, they said that about 30 or 40% of applicants reviewed by the FAA are a mental health component. These four medications are pretty commonly prescribed for people with anxiety and depression types of disorders. Another medication that's commonly prescribed for these types of things, as well as some other things like um, um, has been Welbutrin. With this new information from the FAA, Welbutrin is now on a list of medications that they can review for possible approval, which is a big win for people who are on that medication and looking for that avenue to either get their medical or get it back. The FAA is also looking at approximately seven other medications to review for approval um, for that special issuance process. AOPA has said that they'll continue to provide updates about the mental health medications and other steps in place to overhaul the medical certification process. Uh, we reached out to Kyle Lewis, who is our regional rep for AOPA. So we'll see what we can do to get someone from the medical side of AOPA to come on and maybe explain this uh, more from their perspective on what all of this means. But in the meantime, um, I've been listening to a couple podcasts over time here uh, that specifically talk about um, medical and mental health concerns. And that's kind of where we jump into this uh, conversation with Trevor, Maddie, and I about uh, where this is heading and what this is all about. Now, now talk about how you were a trader and listening to other podcasts. Okay, I'll talk about how <laughs> I was a trader and listen to another podcast. Um, Pilots Pandemic, have you heard of that one? Nope. Uh, they do a lot in regards to the medical side of aviation and their fairly strong opinions about um, how the system has got some issues. Um, and how people have navigated special issues, stuff like that. But the most recent one that I was just listening to is the FAA update on aeromedical standards that I think I messaged okay. you guys about the other day. Yes. So on their podcast, Emma and Maddie, uh, not our Maddie, their Maddie, um, go into some pretty good detail about the articles that are out there in reference to the changes the FAA is making to some of the mental health aspects of the medical process. So... A lot of it is the stuff that I just covered in the article that I just read, but it's worth a listen to get their take as well, because in the background over the years, they've been working fairly hard to get the word out on some of these issues as well. So for them to be a bit of a thorn on the side to help push and coax the FAA with folks like them, AOPA, some of the other organizations that are making these pushes for medical reform, um, it's interesting to see that this decision came out. So they talk way more in depth on on their side about how this decision kind of came out of nowhere. So it's worth taking a listen to their podcast. And I I think that they may, I, I haven't listened to the whole episode yet. So maybe this will come in the last 15 minutes I haven't heard yet. But they may have missed the important note that I first missed when I read it too. Oh, the combined? What's What, what was that? Because I haven't actually read the whole thing. So I, I, I went, just saw the, uh, the the headline. Yeah, I went and looked at the headline too. And like, it's like, all right, so these medications are approved now. So all right, now what? Um, so I went and looked through like the decision tree for SSI special issuance, basically to, mm -hmm. to get to that road. While Wellbutrin and these SSRIs individually are approved, mm -hmm. if they are prescribed together, they are not. Yes, because there's certain, um, certain conditions that are severe enough that they're required to SSRIs because they work at, and they work differently molecularly. But Wellbutrin in and of itself is not an SSRI. It's just an antidepressant. Well, SSRIs are antidepressants. And these are different, though. Like, there is a difference right. between an SSRI and what Wellbutrin is. 
So right. Wellbutrin well, well, is not well, classified as an SSRI, but it's landing on that same decision tree is how I read it. Yep. So Wellbutrin, you can also get prescribed Wellbutrin just like um, uh, Trazodone for um, contraindications. For example, Wellbutrin is a uh, smoking sensation yep. product to help yep. with, with ending smoking. Trazodone, for example, is classified as an antidepressant, but you, if you use it for sleep, that that has a sedating kind of kind of effect. Sure. So it's kind of interesting that that how you can classify yourself as, hey, I don't have depression, but I have a little bit of trouble sleeping or staying asleep. But I guess here's the thing that I struggle with. So depression is so common now. Like, uh, I'll just put it out this way. So what? Say that you mm-hmm. say that this is a different situation. Your dad passes and you really have a hard time with it. And you've got symptoms yeah. of some depression that go along with it. And you you get prescribed a medication to work through that. Okay. Or you seek help yes. and, and talk to a therapist or or what have you. To to me it comes to so what? You sought help. You went and, and you and again, this is hypothetical space. Yeah. You seek help and your medical could be in jeopardy for it. For something that now they're saying is, well, this will be approved. You just got to get a special issuance. I actually had this this exact conversation, not 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 antidepressant, but so on Friday I took up a kit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the I, ADHD I thing. That, yeah, yeah, the ADHD thing. And his mother was like, "Well, that's you know, I think that's uh, <laughs> discriminatory." Like, Look with the FDA on that one, right? Well, that, that's discriminatory. You can't you can't discriminate against somebody because, they, yeah, they can because you don't know how that medication is going to affect how how that's going to affect you physiologically. Right, but if it's I have beef with something of especially of the ADHD nature of every single person it seems like or one of three people is like was prescribed um right was it Ritalin or whatever or Ritalin Ritalin Ritalin. Yeah. Or Adderall, you know, when they were kids because they were unruly or whatever, and half of them either didn't have ADHD or wasn't bad enough to be medicated. They were just children, but now they're having trouble getting medicals, and it's very expensive and everything because of like, I get it, and I still think it's stupid. So, like everybody's got inattentiveness to some degree. It doesn't automatically mean you have ADHD. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And, And ADHD in and of itself should not be a grounding item it should be if you're met if you have if it's severe enough that you have to be medicated which right ergo you you can't you can't have the medication because it's not it's not you're not medically cleared for that medication there's there's physiological effects right on it and most people of you know your guys's generation just function without it i reached out to kyle lewis this morning to see if aopa would want to talk about it and he said that he would uh chat with uh, one of their medical people to see if they would want to come on a chat because he says it's not his area of expertise. Ooh, that would be so fun. I would I would like that because I actually deferred this this kid and his mother. First off, this kid's 20 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's he's very he's very level. Uh, he, he's very quiet but takes takes a lot of the information in. Mm-hmm. The way his mother made it sound like is that he just needs some some help processing stuff because he processes it in a different way mm-hmm. okay. it's not really add or adhd yeah that's just we, we all different process we all have different ways of processing things yeah. yep i do 
when you're looking for these perfect specimens as pilots, which we already have a, a shortage of, I guarantee you there are pilots that, that flood on their, on their flight physical that are flying right now. They have oh, yeah. ADHD. They're medicated. And, and like, I, like I told this guy's mother, I go, look, he can either be off the medications because they're going to drug test him on his, on, his first, on his medical. He could not disclose that he had it at that time that he's not medicated for ADHD. And then he could get into a, uh, a situation where he had an incident where the FAA had a drug test him and then he popped positive. Or he stops taking it, still doesn't report it. And then he gets later when they find out and they start digging in his medical records. Yep. You almost can't win if you don't know the game super well. My even my deep my my uh, AME was just like I said I had put depression on my medical, but in the comments put it was situational in high school because it was. And I'm like, well, yep. if I put it once now, I have to put it forever. And I did it once because I was an idiot and didn't know any better back in 2018 before I started flying. <laughs> so I did it, and he's just like, hey. Why did you put this on here? I'm like, because it was on my last medical. I thought I had to. And he's like, you didn't. Um, did you ever get notified by the FAA? Did you ever get a, no a note from them about this? And I was like, no, not that I'm aware of. He's just like, oh, damn, you're lucky. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. And he's like, yeah, I would watch the mail for the next six months. I was like, And they would, but they would do it, too. That's something that the FAA has done with some very minor things. It's stuff that's so old that it's like, good luck getting medical records for that. I would love to see them try when I was in elementary school. No, those don't exist anymore. Definitely. Those don't exist. But they'll want you to get them. Yeah, right. right. That or they're in a retention vault somewhere at some medical facility that you're never going to get into. Oh, yeah. In Utah. Yeah, in right. <laughs> right. It's crazy. I just, it's. It's so backwards. It's so archaic. Like other countries have where if you have something like a condition like ADD or you have another condition, you get tested to see are you fit to fly. ADD is a first world problem. ADD and ADHD is a first world problem. That's true. I'm talking about other first world countries and stuff like that. Like I'm not talking about like Sudan or something like that. You can, if you can walk, you can fly in Sudan. But you know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those things. Like America is the one of the ones with the most archaic systems in that sense. There's some that are not as great either. I think Australia is fantastic if memory serves. But regardless, like it's still like, oh, hey, you have this problem. Can you function? OK, let's find out. And if they do and they pass, great. If they don't, sucks. But it's like here we're not even given the chance. If you have one of those red flag items, which most of the time isn't really a big deal at all. Sorry, you have to go through, you know, $18 zillion of testing, and we might approve you after about four years if you don't give up. Yeah, that's one of the uh, podcasts that they have. I haven't listened to that episode, but one of their episodes is a guy who is still waiting on a special issuance. It's been five years. Jesus. That's awful. Five years. That's incredible. Because he gets so, sad sometimes. <laughs> either of you guys tobacco users previously? Nope. Um, I used chewing tobacco for a couple minutes. If you're a smoker, your lungs operate at a decreased capacity, right? Yeah. Yep. Follow my logic on this. And it's the government, I'll, so there is I'll no try. logic. <laughs> Follow my logic. I'm, I'll what try. If you go, what have, what, what's the requirement once you go above 12.5? Uh, Oxygen. Oxygen. For more, for more, for than, more 30 than 30 minutes, minutes right? yeah. Mm -hmm. Supplemental oxygen, right? Yep. Yep. Well, if you have, if you've been a long, a long-term tobacco user, Mm -hmm. smoker and you're flying at night you could get hypoxia as low as six or seven thousand yep. feet oh yeah that's a legit medical condition yeah you could you could pass out at six thousand feet at night 
without an autopilot and you're going to burn into the ground. But the FAA doesn't look at that. But you're sad or, you know, say you're you're, you're coming off a you had pneumonia. You're, you're better now. You're flying. You know, your lungs probably aren't up to the same capacity that they were pre-pneumonia or in, in our case, in our generation, COVID. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. COVID. Right. COVID was a big thing. It was a big issue. So, uh, yeah, COVID was a big thing. I was, I remember COVID. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> you guys remember COVID? Jeez. I'm not sure where, but this is going to get used. That piece of audio will get used somewhere. <laughs> guys remember COVID? That was a, COVID was a big thing. I'm sorry, I'm done. <laughs> but no, nobody, nobody talks about the ramifications of that medical yeah. conundrum. Okay, you're not a tobacco user. You're at 5,000 feet at night. You're at, the atmosphere's inherently a little bit, what, thinner? So therefore, you could get, hypoxia mm-hmm. i mean that then this goes to why you should know your symptoms and why you should go to an altitude chamber and you know all that sort of stuff that's that's all on side note but the fact remains that we're treating people that are sad sometimes physiologically we don't know how those medications react other than what's on those lists that the faa has for approval for, for special issuance those ssris how are they going to justify restrictions from covid not being able to breathe and having a bigger issue of pilots going incapacitated because they, they're hypoxic from lung damage from COVID. They can't make that justification. They, can, they can't make that leap. They try it... for like five seconds, like, oh, if you had COVID, good <laughs> luck. And then everybody's like, um, no. That's like dumb. everyone. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> and then everybody got COVID and the is like, okay, just kidding. We're not like, doing yeah, that. Never mind. That's not, probably not that big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> On the flip side, let's look at, so here's kind of what they said in this other podcast. For whatever this is worth, this is obviously second, third-hand information and not something that I've sure. personally read yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, all right, so take take Wellbutrin. And their opinion is that Wellbutrin was stigmatized after German wings because that's something that one of the medications he was, had listed. Oh, Wellbutrin, yep. SSRIs, things like that. And now the FAA has spent 10 years looking at, at data that says all right, with a special issuance and you go through the battery of the stuff, you can go through the process and get a special issuance with Wellbutrin. But it took them 10 years to get there because the SSRIs were what, 2011, 2012, that they approved like Lexapro and Zoloft and those other SSRIs. So, yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah. So here's here's my two cents on that. We don't know what causes people to be suicidal. SSRIs syndrome, which, um, so when you have, when you're doubling up on, on SSRIs, the pharmacy has to disclose that there is an increased risk of, of suicidal ideation. We don't know what that trigger for that suicidal ideation is. We could be like, um, when you look at the military, you don't know who is dealing with those demons. They have no light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the, the, the stigma of depression. Oh, you're sad. You're going to go kill yourself. Nobody knows what that trigger is. So how can the FAA blatantly say that you have this medication that's going to, you know, you're going to German wings uh, an airline full of passengers into the ground? You can't make that leap. Oh, but they do. But yeah. they do. Yeah, so, here we are. And we don't yeah. get a say in it. Yeah. And here we are. This would be a really good episode. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you betcha. I'm not opposed to the idea of taking some of this content and making an episode with it. Oh, yeah. Because that's kind of how I pitch it to Kyle. Like, hey, could we get like... 10, 15 minutes to do a quick blurb about this with, with you or somebody else just to talk about what this is, what it means. Is AOPA doing more in the background? Or is there more that's coming? Or, or is this it? I think there is more that's coming. My gut tells me there's more that's coming. Well, and it sounds like there's about seven other medications that they're looking at is is what I've read. We'll see. 
I don't know what those will be. I don't know when we'll come out, but the gals on Pilot Pandemic were talking about that. Um, crap, what was I going to say? Trevor's camera moved a weird angle, and I don't. My brain just like <laughs> followed it. Like, where are we? Where are we going, Trevor? Hey, hey, Jim. Huh? He's <laughs> got like, ADD. Hey, Somebody take it. I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jim, you, you're screwed. You got got to get that special issuance. <laughs> no, if you're basic med, you could just do whatever you want. I think that's what they said. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> are you gonna try to keep your medical then? My medical that that ship has sailed. So I'm I'm just on basic med right now. That's good. But are, are you gonna try to? go back and not until they change this honestly that's when they first made this announcement i'm like kick ass like i i'm like i, I gotta get the plane i gotta start building hours like trevor i gotta let's go 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 okay. and then i read the fine print and went oh son of a bitch <laughs> so but i may just have to just keep building the hours anyways just in case they do go down that road of well no we've done the research we've looked at the data we looked at the combined usage and because at this point i i think that even if i went down to the one medication I think that even then, because I've got the history of it, I'm still screwed. Because it's not like I just, it's been like just six months. It's been probably two years, but I've been stable on, on where I'm at with that. And I mean, to the point I, I talked to my regular doctor and he's, he goes through some stuff with me each time I do my, my physical every year. And he's got no concerns with me, with signing me off on basic med. And in, you know, talking with AOPA and reading all the basic med rules, I'm good to go. But there's some yeah. that, there's some of the opinion of, well, should you be flying? I mean, if you read the forums, that's what you get of, like, by the letter of the rules, yes, you can fly, but should you fly? I might, I might lose you guys for a minute. That's I okay. I think you should lose us for more than a minute and go fly your airplane. I think so. All right. So as we wrap up, um, as we alluded to at the end of the conversation, obviously this decision and the implications of it are fairly personal for me. So I'll just rip the bandit of stigma off now. And will this change some people's opinions? Maybe. But maybe it'll help somebody too. The disclaimer I have is I did an awful lot of homework before I started down the path of working towards a basic med. I needed to seek out some help for myself to deal with some things that I've picked up over the years. And I was afraid of losing my medical. The very short version of this story, I worked very closely with my doctor. I worked very closely with AOPA to figure out what the legalities of my continued flying would be. So I had already had a valid third class medical and I and I learned I was eligible for basic med. So that's the route that I ultimately went down. And honestly, it's made a huge difference for me. I'm still able to fly. I'm able to take care of myself. But even with that, within my profession and in aviation, there's still a stigma. So hopefully more people getting out there and talking about what they've experienced can help break down those stigmas, um, not just with the FAA, but the world in general. So Maybe a bit heavier of a bonus episode, but at the end of the day, I think that these are important issues, and uh, Maddie and Trevor are pretty supportive as well, so we wanted to share this bit of news with all of you as well. So, so on to a happier topic. We will be back with a regular episode coming out on June 26th. We will have Dick Nepinski with EAA. He is the Director of Communications for AirVetcher, so we are beyond excited to share our interview with him, so we hope that you will take a listen to that episode. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, want to be a guest on the Flying Midwest podcast, you can reach out to us on any of our social media or our Gmail, which is flyingmidwestpodcast at gmail.com. So thanks to Maddie and Trevor for joining me and having this conversation. And until next time, see ya. Let's 536. Contact Minneapolis Center 132.35 today.
Thanks so much for joining us on the Flying Midwest podcast. Until next time, podcast service terminated, Squawk VFR, frequency change approved. Good day.